Welcome to Politics and Right. My name is Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today, as usual, my brothers and sisters. How are you doing today? How are you doing today? It is Friday. What it means, it's the end of the week, but we are still going to have some fun today, folks. Please remember, I'm going to tell you guys early because you're going to want to call in today. The subject is going to say, I need to speak to Egberto on this one. 713-526-5738. Again, the number is 713-526-5738. The title of the show today should get you ringing. It's called Progressives and the Left are not the extremists. Let's examine that. Subtitle, live here on KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. Drop the false indoctrination. It's not progressives and the left wing that are the extremists. It's the moderates and the right that isn't doing what folks are saying. This is what we want. This is what we need. 713-526-526. Five seven three eight. I want to have a lot of fun today. I want you guys to give us a call. I want you guys to say, Egberto, what about this? What about that? Are you progressive? Are you conservative? Or if you're right wing? Or you're left wing? Or you're an anarchist? Or you? I don't care who you are. If you're listening to this show, it's yours. And I'd love for you to give us a call in 713-526-5738. I'm here to listen. I'm here to talk. I'm here to inform. I'm here for all of that all at once. Anyhow, why did I pick this subject today? And it's very, very important. There was a New York Times article that came out yesterday. Actually, I think it was like two or three days ago. And the title of the article was Extreme Candidates and Positions Came Back to Bite in the Midterms, which I agree with. Hey, I agreed with the title of the article The extremes on the right really did it. The extremes on the right. Folks, Americans aren't going to take that anymore. And then I continued to read the article. And as I read the article, I got more and more upset. As I read the article, I realized that this false equivalence has to stop. As I read the article, I realized that, folks... Those who call themselves progressives, those who know we have a lot of work to do, have a lot of work to do. Ray is already on the air. So before I get started, I want to hear what Ray wants to say. Ray, come on in. Hey, Egberto. How are you doing, sir? I'm so good, brother. Talk to me. Yes, sir. So um, I just want to say thank you for all the love. As a millennial, absolutely. I voted Con- and I uh, volunteered. Let me tell you something, Ray. Um, I I hope it shows in the newsletters that I've sent out, several of them. I hope it shows in the radio program I'm doing here at KPFT. I hope it shows at the at our online program as well. I am so so proud of what millennials and our Gen Zs did during this election because I want you all to know that absent your vote we would have had a completely different outcome all over not just Texas all over the country you guys saved democracy you can respond yes brother 
And, uh, you know, I give you a lot of credit because of basically uh, what you're doing as a journalist. Sorry, I'm, I'm hearing myself. So uh, <laughs> Let me tell you, uh, all we can really do is talk, ask, beg, implore, and say, hey, you guys really make a difference. Because I tell you something, Ray, one of the things that have been done to our millennials, our Gen Zs, and, and there, there are many of uh, the older folks that don't quite want to cop to it, right? But we have allowed politicians to be driven by an oligarchy to, to, uh, to give the, these older folks a pittance so that they could just get it all. And in the process, the people that have paid the price, and I, I wish more of us would understand this, but the people who have paid the price are our millennials and Gen Zs. We never had to pay the prices that you guys are paying to go to college. We never had to take out the kind of loans that you guys have to take out. We never had to pay the prices, uh, the prices that are way above the inflation level for the real estate and all these other things that we are purchasing. And that didn't happen by accident. That happened because, as I mentioned in, in the article that, I'm going to, in, that I wrote this morning, uh, we, we copped to quite a bit. We, we sold ourselves real cheap so that a few could get superbly rich. And in the process, we sacrificed the, form, the, the next generation. And that is what, in my humble opinion, it is our duty, those of us who realize the con, for us to solve. Because it's not, it's not going to be an easy thing to do because the indoctrination is deep. But we have to start somewhere, Ray. Yeah, well, I think definitely what you say about uh, how Texas basically, you know, it's like two different things. I was listening to you and Daniel Cohen. I'm actually a personal acquaintance of yours because I used to be in the spaces in Indivisible Houston when we oh, were great. protesting in 2017. Yes, yes, great. Well, you know, um, Daniel is one of my heroes as well. He's one of our millennial heroes around. Uh, he's out there getting a whole lot of stuff done. And Ray, if you were hanging with with, uh, with with us out there at Indivisible Houston, you are a hero as well, sir, because you are one of the folks out there. That, and you said you volunteered, right? You volunteered to actually go out there and work. Well, uh, I mean, unfortunately, I, I work 40 hours a week. And the thing about it is I listen to you every day. Like, you're not a preacher, but it's like the gospel listening to you every day because you say... You spit hot fire every day. You spit fast. <laughs> I appreciate that, brother. I appreciate that. I hope the fire starts to burn some of these people that need to burn. <laughs> but you Please, know. you know, especially in these red districts, because, yes. I mean, Harris County is like the blue shield of Texas. Yes. But I don't know what's going on in these rural counties. We need to get through to them like Ann Richards did. I am glad you said that. You know why I'm glad you said that, sir? Um, I spoke, I interviewed about seven or eight people in a conference, right, out of Cleveland, Texas, Liber Liberty, Texas, that's the county. And they're, the party out there, they have gotten together and they've started knocking on doors. And you know what they've done to break the, to break the seal? They've started telling people, what is it that you want? And who do you think is doing it for you? And they made sure to tell these people what Dan Patrick is doing, what Abbott is doing, and what all these other folks actually want to do for them. In other words, as an example, uh, the Medicare expansion to the Affordable Care Act. I mean, a lot of the folks in the city don't need it. They have Bentob. They can run to Bentob or whatever anytime they want to. 
But if you live in Timbuktu, Texas, if you live in Holcomb, Texas, if you live in Craig, Texas, and all these other places, those hospitals are closing because the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act was never passed by our lieutenant governor, was never passed by our governor. Why? Because they have an ideological block that says we rather see Texans die than to give them health care and give the libs a win. Can you believe that, Ray? No, I can't. And it's, it's basically like they voted to keep the status quo. Yes. Keep more guns on the street. Yes. Keep more possibilities of school shootings. Yes. And they endorsed that. Yes. I mean, I hate to say it, but democracy worked in Texas. Yes. You know, and more than a million people voted for Greg Abbott over yes. Beto, and I like Beto, and I yeah. respect everything he brought. Yes. Well, I, 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 tell, I tell folks all the time, Ray, we have to cop to responsibility. And when I say that, I mean you, I mean me, I mean all our, all our uh, progressives. We, w w these guys overperformed in rural areas. And what we do is we stay in our circle. We stay in, in Harris County or Travis County or, 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 or Bear County. Um, no, notice the you counties I'm naming. Uh, you know, you, 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 you take, we, we stay in all these counties, but we don't go and expand ourselves, right? With the electronics that we have today, we can find the two or three or four progressives in those places who can multiply themselves if they knew that they had support. And I think uh, it is now our responsibility, and I am trying it myself. That's why we had those folks from Liberty County on Politics Done Right, because these are guys that nobody ever throws them on the radio. Nobody ever throws them and, and say, let me tell my point of view, right? So they many times feel like they don't have the support. So my, my new thing here in Texas, per se, and let's say other areas like Alabama and Mississippi and these places, is to say, hey, let's give these people their voices. They have their voices. Let's expand on these people's voices, right? Because they have the right to talk. Welcome aboard. Believe what you see on the Internet. Thank you so kindly for being here. Anything else you want to add, Ray, before we, we, we move on? Uh, well, I could talk to you for an hour, bro, but I know you got other callers. I just want to say thank you for everything you do. Hopefully we'll bump into each other. We will. Space. We definitely and, will. Uh, we definitely will. And let me just tell you again, thank you for the job that you've done during this election. It was not in vain because here in Harris County, the, 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 the difference that you guys made actually made sure that the right judges got elected. So thank you, my brother. Oh, yeah. Long live he Lena Hidalgo. Absolutely. You have a wonderful day, sir. You too. All Take right. Care. All right, folks, the number is 713-526-5738. Hit the number two to come directly online, 713-526-5738. Anyhow, folks, um, the article that I, that I said that really got to me, extreme candidates and positions came back to bite in the midterms. And I initially agree, agreed with the title of the article written by Jonathan Wiseman and Katie Gluck. And then I kept on reading. So I want, to, I want to read a piece of it for you. It says, A surprisingly nuanced verdict in the midterm elections has delivered at least one important conclusion about the state of national mood. In battleground states and swing districts across the country, voters voiced their support of moderation. Okay, okay. 
That happened in Nevada's Senate race where Catherine Cortez Masto, an unassuming incumbent de Democrat occupying one party's most endangered seats, overcame voters' economic fears and won re-election, highlighting her Republican opponent's embrace of Donald Trump lies about the 2020 election and his denigration of abortion rights. So far, so good, even though they try to say she was unassuming. What they mean by unassuming is she wasn't the AOC type that was a firebrand. I love AOC, and I think that's what we need. Anyway, continuing. It happened in Pennsylvania, where Josh Shapiro, facing the far-right Doug Mastriano, won the governor's office in the biggest landslide for a non-incumbent in the state since 1946. By the way, Mastriano did not uh, did not try to be a super meek conservative or moderate. He was out there. Listen to how much he, he, he mimicked Obama in all of his speeches. So the, the article is starting to go a little bit haywire. If you know some politics, then it continues. It happened in Pennsylvania where Josh Shapiro facing the far-right Doug Mastriano won the governor's office the biggest landslide. And it happened on Sunday when liberal Democrat in Oregon who beat a veteran centrist House Democrat in the primary. Representative Kurt Schrader lost the seat for her party to the GOP, a stinging blow to the Democrats' chances of holding their majority. What? What? That that is what you call and if you're not politically in 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 la ola as we would say you wouldn't see the sleight of hand that the author used right there. Let me explain. The the article would like to say we want to keep everybody in the middle. We don't want any lefties winning. We don't want any super super crazy right winning. That is what it's saying, right? But let's get it clear here. Miss uh, 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 Schrader was no super progressive. She was fairly darn moderate, and her own newspaper said that she was a moderate, so the moderate lost. But I'm going to go a little bit further in a little bit. Uh, it, it, the article continues, and it says, In contests up and down the ballot, Republicans betting on a red wave instead received a sweeping rebuke from Americans who, for all the qualm polls, show they have about Democratic governance made clear they believe that the GOP had become unacceptably extreme. On a smaller scale, a similar dynamic could be discerned on the left after Democratic primary voters chose more progressive nominees over the moderates in a handful of House races, including in Oregon, Texas, California. Those left-leaning candidates were defeated or are at risk of losing their seats that could have helped preserve a narrow Democratic majority. If you listen to the tone of this article, you can see what it is attempting to do. Shut down the left. Shut down the left. Make the left equal to the crazy right-wing MAGA crowd. Make, try to cre create these two extremes, but it's not the case. That is the biggest sleight of hand. And this type of subliminal messaging is placed out there so that when you go to the polls and you see somebody that somehow they say, I am progressive, somehow they say, I'm, I'm left of center, that you automatically think extreme. And extreme doesn't win. All of this is preparation for the, uh, for the uh, primaries that are coming up in 2024. That's what it's all about. 
What I try to explain to people is the media has been used. They continue to use the media to try to form your minds. I'm going to continue with the article, but I need to create a little narrative here. And folks, give us a call, 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Hit the number 2 to get immediately at line, online. One more time, 713-526-5738 if you want to get in, if you want to go ahead and get this stuff done. Continuing with the, with the narrative, as I said, they want to make sure in the primary that when you have a choice between that progressive person and that moderate finance very well with the very finance perfectly well by the corporatocracy that somehow you are going to say ah they don't win elections let's go with the safer choice let's go with the moderate and if you do that folks if you do that the idea is we get the status quo Nothing changes. All right, let's give an, a classic example. Miss Bass out of uh, out of California just became the mayor of L.A., Los Angeles. And how did she do that? She became the mayor of Los Angeles by not raising near as much money as her compatriot, another Democrat, Republican-turned-Democrat, but really holding the spot. He raised 11 times what she raised. And she won grassroots, folks. We're going to talk about that. As soon as we get talking to Carrie, we'll get back to the subject. Carrie, you're on the air. Carrie, you're on the air. Hi, how are you? I am fine. Speak to me, Carrie. How are you doing? It's actually Terry. Oh, Terry. Well, <laughs> Terry, how you doing, my good friend Terry? Talk to me. Good, good. I'm really happy that you're talking about the, the way we're the subliminal messaging, it's something that I've worked really hard to bring to light uh-huh. because I completely agree with you on that. Uh-huh. Um, one of the things I'm seeing is even in little areas like next door um, apps and things that are for more in the community mm-hmm. where people are just upset and why did Lena Hidalgo win? Right. You know, this is all already working the back channel. Mm-hmm. And um I guess for me, it's just been a little bit of advice on what you think is a good way to handle it, because I feel like these uh, extremists are, there's nothing you can say, there's nothing you can really write, it's really about getting you entangled into something where, you know, it's like, my mom says it's better to have one crazy than two. (laughs) Your mom is a wise woman. I tell her <laughs> politics done right says she's a wise woman. Let me tell you. Let me tell you this, Terry. Um, first of all, the first, uh, and this is going to sound corny, but you have to get folks to like you. All right. In other words, um, if you're you, all of us have our sphere of influence, right? Uh, your yeah. sphere of influence is your 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 people that you associate with every day. Your Facebook, your Twitter, all of that's your sphere of influence. The next thing that you have to do when I say make people like you is let them see you as a person first. Because what happens is they see you as an ideology. So when you go ahead into Timbuktu, wherever, or into your neighbor that's hooked on Trump or your neighbor that's uh, hooked on something right wing, when they see you, they don't see Terry. They see ideological ideology dash Terry. And the thing about it is to let them see Terry and later on, ideology. And that is, the, that is a thing that I use in speaking to people. A lot of people get mad at me because they think I spend too much time trying to reach the other side. 
well, I don't need to reach you, Terry. You are already... That's, I feel that way. Yeah. I, I do feel that, um, I call that persuasive talking. Yes. Where people get shocked what my political beliefs are after they know me. Exactly. You know? I mean, exactly. I just came from the hair salon, and Lena Hidalgo was a hot topic, and... I know, I gently stepped in after three years of going to this place, and I said, let me tell you what she did do, and the truth, you know, and yes. this is why I supported her. Right. And you could hear a pin drop, but everybody's like, no, I guess that's true, you know. Uh, and the thing but about it is, is, I'm sorry. No, just saying that it, it is difficult to, you know, when you're online and somebody's coming and you don't know who they are and it's just a forum that's public. You know, for speaking. Right. And, and, and that's the thing. That's, you know, that is why I like radio. That's why I do a lot of this stuff on air, why I do a lot of the uh, live videos, etc. Because you, you just hit a magic thing. When you're just talking to somebody behind a keyboard, a lot of times, you know, even what comes out on the keyboard isn't really that person. I have a lot of people in my forum that they would seem to be violent they would seem to be just rough but these are some of the people also that I've, I've met in person and it's a completely different picture these are people that you know have to perform or some people that have to that succumb to peer pressure you know so when it comes to voting the thing that i always tell people is remember when you go in to vote vote for your family vote for your interests and remember that vote is between you your machine and your god you can talk, come out and tell somebody hey i voted for trump i voted straight republican or i voted straight this and then just do what's right for your family. And the thing about it is, and what I'm going to be speaking about today as well, is if you are doing what's right for your family and what's right, what people really want, I have no doubt how you're going to vote. But you have to be first informed. And that's why I say we have to do what we are doing here. You have to do what you did in that salon. What you did in that salon, if we had more people who had the courage to do that, uh, Texas wouldn't be the way it is right now. You are courageous because you went into well, a salon you. and you actually made a statement. And here's the funny thing about it. Because you were the exception in that salon, they are going to remember what you said. If you were just one of many, right, you know, people would take all the permutation of what, permutations of what was said. But you were the only one that bucked the system, right? And a lot of those women or men, whoever was in that salon, is going to go home and say, well, hell, if she had the gall to do that, let me check this out. Not all of them are going to do that, granted, but you have planted the seed in many people. And that's what I try to tell my audience so often. You planted the seed, and that is what's more important than anything else, Terry. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for your guidance, by the way. You're just amazing, and you're exactly what we need at this time because... I've been doing this since I was 17, and I'm in my golden years now, and it's exhausting to well, turn Texas blue, but I will never give up, and I will never lose hope, Well, and, and that's what we need. We need, you know, they, they hope. They hope that we will give up and turn this stuff entirely over to the oligarchy. There are some people, I don't know if you ever heard of the story, bread and, bread and, bread and what is it? It's called bread and circus. And the way, the bread and circus is a, is a theory or the, 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 the thing that says, uh, how do monarchists keep their power? Monarchists keep, it's only a small amount of people that are part of the monarchy. How can they stay ever powerful? Well, most people, the only thing they need is entertainment and food. 
So you give them bread and entertainment. That's the, that's a, the example, right? So we do that today, right? In America, even though we talk about food being expensive, food is pretty darn cheap in America. And we have a lot of cheap food in America, and we have a lot of, a lot of entertainment. You can turn on 100 channels, 500 channels, and watch reality TVs from, from the time you get up in the morning till the time you get at night, where you don't sit down and worry about the people who are running the economy, the people who are picking your pockets. the people You don't worry about that because you're entertained and your belly is full. Yeah, and that is what I mean. This may this may not be very popular. What I'm going to say, but I do feel that's how a lot of the religious movement has been built. Exactly. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. I think a lot of them would hope that more people say that. So you're absolutely right, Terry. Anything else you'd like to say, Terry, before we move on? No, no. Just thank you and go Astros. (laughs) Thank you very much, Terry. You have a wonderful rest of your day. Okay. Thank you. All right, before I go back to the article, Lee Grant is in the house. Hey, Lee Grant, welcome to Politics Done Right Online. Uh, we also have uh, Bridge MCP, welcome to Politics Done Right Online, as well as Believe What You Hear or Believe What You See Online. He says, thank you. And uh, Eric says, 4.1 supermajority is not good for anybody. Three of her staff are in trouble. Yes, because of what was done by our district attorney. Our district attorney will have a lot to answer for in two years because we don't believe in, in prosecutions for the sake of prosecutions. We believe in the truth and only the truth. Uh, Lee Grant says people who want to turn Texas blue should move to California rather than stay and complain about every last thing. No, people who want Texas blue, our home, will turn Texas blue because like you, my brother Lee Grant, you come to our show every day. And like I tell you, by the way, you're a good supporter as well. So thank you for the support that all of you online here uh, provide to this program. But let me just tell you something, brother Grant. Uh, We are going to turn Texas blue. And you're coming along with us. You know why? Because I know your heart, sir. And everything that you've told me thus far tells me that when understood, when, on, what, when the policies of the blue is understood, you're going to say, oh, well, I get it. I get it. And Brother Grant, you know I know what I'm talking about. All right, continuing with the article. Uh, for those of you who are just coming in, I'm starting with an, uh, an article from the New York Times. Start, it's called Extreme Candidates and Position Came Back to Biden in the Midterms. And what the, I love the title of the article, but what the article attempted to do is equate the extremes on the, on the right with what they call extremes on the left. All right? So uh, the, the part that got to me then, it says, In contests up and down the ballot, Republicans betting on red wave instead received a sweeping rebuke from Americans who for all the qualms polls show they have about democratic governance made it clear that they did not want the GOP. On a smaller scale, a similar dynamic could be discerned on the left after democratic primary voters chose more progressive nominees over moderates in a handful of house races, including in Oregon, Texas, California. These left-leaning candidates were defeated or at risk of losing seats that that would have given the Democrats a democratic majority. And that's such a false statement in the New York Times. It seems like, like Democrats will lose the House by four votes. By four votes. And guess what would have happened if New York, the four moderates that lost in New York, imagine if they had a story 
to tell those New Yorkers that would have helped their bottom line, that wouldn't have run away from, from daycare, that wouldn't have run away from health care for all, that wouldn't have run away from all those policies that would have helped all those New Yorkers on Long Island, would have helped all those New Yorkers all over the state of New York so that they would be able to live the American dream without going bankrupt. Suppose you had a full-throated attack, a full-throated debate with your opposition that could tell them, hey, man, I want to make sure you have health care. Hey, man, I want to make sure you have family leave. If, you're, if your kid gets real sick, and you have to take care of them for six months, for one year. You can take care of them and know that you can still be employed. Suppose a, and, and by the way, those positions I just called out is the position that the New York Times, that the, 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 the head of the Democratic Party and these guys would like to call extreme. What the things that... AOC is asking for, Ilan Omar is asking for, Rashida Talib is asking for, Ayanna Presley is asking for, Mondale, uh, Mondaire Jones are asking for, is what they're calling extreme. So it is now extreme to say, I want to help my fellow man. It is now extreme to say, I want to give you health care that you can afford. It is extreme to say, I want to say, I want your kids to have health care. And you know why it is extreme? Because somebody else, some rich fat cat is now going to have to pay more in taxes on the money that he did not or she did not earn. Folks, folks, it is so important for us to not let them. It's just like how we have allowed them to change what liberal means. Liberal is a bad word. I am taking it back. Progressive is a bad word. I am taking it back. No. No. I am not going to apologize for wanting to help people. I am not going to apologize for making sure that those who are Super billionaires who didn't earn it, who earned that on the backs of others, the ones who had the true intellect. They won't. I won't. I won't ever apologize for that. I won't ever allow them to say I am extreme. Ever allow. And you, all of you out there who want those policies, whether you are conservative or, lib or liberal or whatever the hell you want to call yourself, do not allow anybody to shame you for wanting to help others because that is all we want. And if that is extreme, bring it on. I love that. Uh, that's what uh, Hidalgo said here in Harris County, Texas. When uh, the, the district attorney tried to go after her, the, uh, they put over $8 million to defeat her. And she didn't raise a fourth of that. And she beat them because our great millennials, because our great Gen Zs, they came out to vote. They came out to vote. They came out to vote. Your vote matters. Your vote matters. So, folks, give us a call, 713-526-5738. If you have an opposing opinion, check out the things that I talk about. I would love to hear 
your opposing opinion, or if you want to add to the discourse, 713-526-5738. Hit the number 2, and you will be on air. I would love to hear your thoughts. I know there are many of you listening out there. So, baby, let's get busy. 713-526-5738. We have, let's see what else we got here. Online, we have uh, Bridge MCP says, August 2021. I think what we have to do as a party is battle the damage to the Democratic brand. The Democratic National Committee Chairman Jamie Harrison said on the Daily Beast's latest new abnormal podcast. Gallup reported Wednesday that at least re relatively speaking, the Democratic brand is doing pretty good. In the first quarter of 2021, 49% of U.S. adults identified as Democrats or in independents with Democratic leanings versus 40% for Republicans. Uh, and uh, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, believe what you see, says right on. Brother Eric Hayes says, the cats brought the company and jobs. Guess that doesn't help people. No, the cats didn't bring jobs. Billionaires don't create jobs. The intellect of those who work for them create jobs. That's who create jobs. All right? Let's get that straight. The intellect of those who work for those, let's go ahead and bring Teresa in to add to the discourse. Teresa, you're on. Hi, how are you? I am doing fine, Teresa. Talk to me. Well, I just wanted to talk a little bit about gerrymandering. Sure. Most people don't understand it. And so many of the people that are in power right now, especially the people on the state level, like state reps, and, and I guess state senators too, they had a hand in gerrymandering it. Mm -hmm. And if people just look, anytime there's a district that is curved in any way, they have scooped out, scooped out part of it to give it to a party. So let's say you have an equal number of people from two different parties. Um, if you scoop a lot of one party into a, a district, you can end up with three candidates that are your favorite party each of those people having a 10% advantage and one person you've scooped all of their party into their district, that person, for example, um, Sheila Jackson Lee, they've given her a 30% advantage, right? which you might not need, right. of course. So a lot of people are just very discouraged. I saw people at the polls that were... I guess confused. Some some young Hispanic men kind of articulated it. They were in the hallway and they said they just looked very Dejected. kind of defeated. They said, you know, they just didn't get a good feel from the process. And I think it's because they had been Bernie supporters or something. Mm -hmm. And people can't put some people can't put their finger on why the system doesn't make them feel that they're being treated fairly. You know, today it's like when I was. Oh, I'm sorry. Go when ahead. I was in fourth grade, I went to visit a friend, and her, I remember her name was Suzette. And I, I played a lot of Monopoly. My kid, my family played Monopoly, and her father said, "Oh, let's play Monopoly. There's two of you, and there's one of me." And I don't know if you know Monopoly. You go around the board, and yeah. when you pass go, you get two hundred dollars, and right. you invest in property. Well, we didn't know any better. 
so she'd take her turn and he'd take his turn and I would take my turn and then he would take another turn. So he was zipping around the board twice as fast as we were mm-hmm. and buying all the property and then we'd land on it. We'd have to pay a penalty. And I couldn't at the time, I mean, I was only in fourth grade. I didn't understand Mm-hmm. I mean, what he was doing was fair. We agreed to it, but it was <laughs> not fair to his advantage to him. Yeah. And I, I think that that's what's happening to a lot of the voters in Texas. If you have, if you look at the districts, for example, of uh, Dan Crenshaw, mm-hmm. uh, compare it to Sheila Jackson Lee, you'll see that they're curved uh, to give them an advantage. People think, well, I want to support my candidate um, because they like what they stand for. And, of course, the incumbents are not allowing debates. Um, So you really can't differentiate, of course, except from uh, what they say they're for uh, or their spin. The voters are listening to their spin. Mm -hmm. And... People, some just many voters just can't understand those I, churches I, that say they're going to churches that say those people win, therefore they must be good. Right. Um, I, I tell you what, one thing though, Teresa, and this is where my uh, my drive is, my work is, what I believe in, what I intend to do. Uh, first of all, everything you said is absolutely right. If you think it's bad in Texas. Let me tell you what's occurring in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin, Democrats won 51% of the vote. They, are, they will only get 30% of their state Congress. Think about that. They won 51% of the vote. They will get 30% of the state uh, Congress. And my thing is, look, we don't have the power to change those lines on a, on a district level right off the bat. But what we have the power to do is engage community. The reason they can, they can t- twist these lines is these communities are sufficiently ideologically segregated. And notice what I said, ideologically segregated, so that these people can maintain that advantage. But what would happen if what, like I said, I just interviewed a whole uh, group in, in, in uh, Cleveland, Texas, Liberty County. And in Liberty County, these guys woke up and said, we are not listening any longer to uh, what the, what's coming down from the Democratic Party. They don't, give a, they don't support us. They don't give us any money in Cleveland. They don't, they don't go ahead and do the things necessary for us to engage the community. They just look at it as a loss. And mm-hmm. and what these guys said? No, we're not going to do that anymore. So they got a very uh, they got a nuclear physicist to run for Congress. He didn't win, but at least somebody knows now that you can run in Liberty County for that district. And they went ahead and mobilized the the, the Democratic County Chair went ahead and mobilized, and they started knocking on doors. There they brought out more people than they had ever brought out. But that was one district imagine but if i must that, say yes i don't think that the person that won will allow that to affect how they vote on any measures at all no. I, don't, I don't know that it probably pushed them in any direction no no it won't but that's not what i'm talking i don't want it to push them 
I want it to. I want the people to, in the long run, get it out of there. You know. You know what's interesting, um, Teresa? You have a friend. I have a friend. All these good stuff, right? And I, I always tell, and I wrote this in my book. It's um, which one is? It? I think it's worth it. And it goes like this: I have this. I go to. I used to work out at this gym, and there's this staunch Republican dude that we jive all the time. We'll have fun together all of the times, and we'll do backslaps. And he hated the Democrats, and he hated this and that, and. I would always just talk to him, etc. And just before the pandemic, I think it was, what, 2018 maybe? I'm in the gym and I'm lifting weights and this guy hit me really hard in the back and he says, Egberto, I'm going to make your day. And I'm like, really? And he said, yes. Guess who I'm voting for? And he went down a litany of candidates in 2018. And my jaw dropped from my face to the ground and I'm like, are you? Then he, then he. I'm saying, are you? And then he stopped me right, at, right there, and he said, "I am no damn liberal Democrat like you. I'm no darn progressive, but I care about my something like he said. I care about this X Y Z. So th- this is how I'm going to vote. That's all I want. That is all that I want." I want folks to start voting their interests. I'm not trying to change your ideology. I'm not trying to change their party or anything. I just want them to go into that booth when they're in that booth with their God, their voting machine, and themselves to say, I'm going to vote for my daughter. I'm going to vote for my wife. I'm going to vote to make sure my kid can go to school. But I'm a Republican or I'm a whatever. You see what I'm talking about? Well, yes, but I'm talking to people that are actually intimidated 95% of the time. Yes. And they're getting, they're getting those messages from their ministers. Yes. Or they're getting those messages from their neighbors. I, I can't tell you how many people but I talked have to when I was power. walking, and they said, "I'm afraid to put up a." They didn't say the, they didn't use the word afraid. I know, but they weren't going to put up a yard sign because they didn't want to quote unquote offend. Right, but their Teresa. Neighbors. So they were actually intimidated by their neighbors. Teresa, but you have power, and the power and the power is in the following words again. The power is in when you go into that voting booth. Your neighbor doesn't know how you voted. You can come out and tell your neighbor you voted for anybody. Well, I think that's a problem. When you said that to the previous caller, that really did bother me because when you're sitting at a table Mm -hmm. and people are saying, I believe in ABC, Mm -hmm. and you believe the opposite, if you don't speak up, they think that you agree with ABC. No, 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 no. no. I think really actually just empowers them. No, no. I I, I would not go around saying I'm going to vote for this person and go in the booth and vote differently. No, I think you misunderstand. I am not telling folks not to stand up for what's right. But but the alternative to being afraid to stand up to what you're right. You see, I, I am looking for results. I hear you. And I understand what you're saying. But if you're looking for results for, you know, uh, again, the, you, you, I, the amount of folks that I speak to, right, uh, and the amount of folks that that are that are on the right side, on the you know the right of the spectrum, that actually agrees with the things that I agree with, the things that you agree with, you would be surprised how many of them would tell you straight out, but they can't say that in their community. Okay, if you can't say that in your community, what's the next best thing? I don't know. Tell me. The next best thing is in the voting booth, because. A lot more of them. I'm saying there are so right, many of them that way. I get you. You're right. But if everything's stacked against you because of gerrymandering, yes. and people controlling the media. Yes. 
and people that are carrying assault weapons mm-hmm. uh, that won't even uh, you can't you're afraid to park your car in the driveway for fear it's going to be keyed. Yes, that's put up a political sign. It would be stolen and vandalized. Exactly. So, and I can't. I think you're making I a had, point, though. I had some signs that had to be put up like six times. Yes. You're making my point. Because I didn't have a camera. You're making my point, Teresa. You're making my point. The fact that they have to live that way doesn't mean that they have to vote that way. And what I'm saying is more effective than living that way is voting correctly. That's all I'm saying. Um, you know, I'm not. You know, I'm saying there are some people who legitimately fear for their lives for certain things like that, but they can go into that voting booth because it's private still. And right, uh-huh. wrote the right way. And that's the reason I gave that excuse. I don't want you feeling bad about that advice. I want you to say like, okay, that's the second best way to skin the cat. Maybe not the best way, but the second best way. But anyway, I guess some more well, calls I'm, to this. Yeah, go ahead, real quick. Well, I'm, I'm very fortunate. Um, Caucasian. Mm-hmm. Uh, well-educated. Uh, financially secure. Mm-hmm. In good health. Had great support from my family and my spouse. Yeah. Give some credit. Yes. <laughs> but I can speak up. Yes, you can. Um, and you do. But I, I, I see minorities or recent immigrants yeah. that are not secure enough to, are, to, to even question. Teresa, I got to go. Thank you so kindly. And please keep up doing the great work. You know what? Uh, it, it's having folks like you doing the work. Just like like uh, Terry, who called us earlier, you all are making the difference. Tori, come on in, brother. Hey, hey, how's it going, with Berto? Talk to me. Talk to me. Hey, can you hear me? Okay. Yes, I can. I'm getting this uh, big echo here. I'm going to take it off. Uh, all right. So, uh, regarding billionaires, yes, uh, the problem isn't wealth generation; it's wealth accumulation yeah. versus wealth redistribution. In other words, we have a tax code problem, not a billionaire problem. I think we should smooth the path for any non-polluting industry to rake in the big bucks mm-hmm. and take the profits and tax the profits at 91%, which is the New Deal tax rate that transformed the U.S. into a superpower. I, I want to stop you. is good simply because it has the potential to raise everyone up collectively. Tory. But only if that wealth goes in fair share to the workers and the physical and social infrastructure that made the CEOs. You know? Tory, you responded to my newsletter this morning, and I read it. And I was going to talk about it, not today, but on Monday. But since you brought it up, here's the deal. Well, you talked about billionaires earlier. You, were, yeah. you brought it up. No, 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 no. I, I, I spoke about billionaires not in the same context, though. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is so important. You're absolutely right. But I disagree with you on one part. And I didn't respond to that email yet on one part. You said you're not concerned about the billionaires. I am concerned about the billionaires because the bit. And, and you said what you're concerned about is accumulation. Well, the mere fact that they're billionaires mean that they have already accumulated, right? And my thing is we shouldn't have allowed the creation of billionaires in the first place. I believe in it, it, that that should have been spread out uh, based on the work that was done. As, a, as an example, if we take a look at, uh, at Be- Bezos, Bezos made a whole lot of his fortune on, on the Amazon platform. Why wasn't that money paid out? To all the people who made Amazon what it was or what it is, that, that, if that were the case, if he was forced to do that, even if it meant through the tax code, then he would never have become a billionaire. Nobody has the right to be a billionaire because they're extracting. They, they, didn't, they, didn't, 
they didn't earn that. And it, it well, is, one way or the other, you have to one way or the other, you have to change the laws. Exactly. Whether it's the tax code or whether it's the corporate structure, I agree. like they have in uh, Italy, where the, there's workers on the boards of these, you know, like what forty nine percent. Right. That's Germany. Actually, that's Germany. Boards, that's Germany. And they share the wealth. That's you Germany. Share the wealth one way. Yeah. That's and Germany. Is, is a good way of doing it. Right. Right. And and again, that is it. By the way, that that country, I don't think it's Italy. It's Germany that does that with the. Um, Put in the, the but maybe Italy does it too. But I know for sure that Germany does. But um, that was even like a, a fascist idea of uh, what's his name Mussolini. You know, he had a couple of good ideas, and <laughs> one was to combine the working class and the corporate class. That's what he called corporatism. You know, uh, he was trying to bring the two classes together. Right, right. Well, look, uh, let me just tell you that there, I I I like the response that you gave to the newsletter this morning. I think it was an important response. Uh, I just kind of, I, I just think we had a semantic issue with where you said, ah, you don't mind the billionaires. I do mind the billionaires. And, and well, we need mechanisms to generate wealth right. and accumulate wealth. And so that's how you do development. Well, but, I, let me, uh, let me, know, let, let, wait, I don't know what that means, what you just said. I honestly don't know what that means. When you say we need mechanism to accumulate wealth, I think we already have the mechanisms to accumulate wealth. Guess what it is? You are a mechanism to accumulate wealth. Uh, yeah, you are a mechanism to accumulate wealth. Uh, our brother Stuart right here in the studio is a mechanism to accumulate wealth. Everybody that's, uh, that's standing here isn't only a mechanism to accumulate weight. We are the mechanism that accumulated the wealth for Bill Gates, Oprah Winfrey, and all the others who have the billions. So that is, that is a semantic issue I had with your response. We well, are, the ultimate fix is the workers own the means of production and, you know, in co-ops. That, but, exactly. Uh, you know, that's, well, wait, we let can me, change the tax codes a lot quicker than we can change every corporation into a worker-owned enterprise. Exactly. I, exactly. Again, that's why I said we had a semantic, I, I had a semantic issue with your response, but I understand exactly what you meant. But the goalpost is the same. Yes. Uh, redistribute the wealth. Yes, sir. But, and, uh, and, and, the first, you have to create the wealth. I agree. And so, you know, by any means necessary, whether it's individuals, doing lawn jobs or giant corporations amen. you got to generate the wealth amen 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 thank you my brother anything else story real quick because i want oh, to that's it all right you have a good day and thank you for right. calling as usual my brother cheers all right folks uh the, the article that i that I, I i covered this article in my my um I cover. I think I covered this article on one of my blogs, but I just want to tell you that the, the the whole issue behind this article in the New York Times was to try to make it seem like the left is similar to the right, and my thing is that from moderate all the way back to the right, their their belief is that we shouldn't be supporting the social space. As, should, as most people themselves feel it should be supported. Like I said, they want you to believe that the left is extreme. If you ask on any poll, and, I, and don't, like I tell everybody who listens to Politics Done Right, and I can get a couple more calls in if you guys want, 713-526-5738. Again, 713-526-5738. I tell all folks that are listening to me, feel free to second guess Feel free to corroborate. Feel free to see if what I'm saying is garbage or not. Because I'm telling you, what you hear on TV most of the times when it comes to our economic system, that is the garbage that you hear. 
uh, let's see. Daniel Ledeau says, does the caller understand that Democrats gerrymandered your districts as well? We all understand that, uh, uh, Daniel Ledeau. You're absolutely right. Sydney says, some other countries like the UK, for instance, use nonpartisan electoral district commissions to draw district boundaries. That's more democratic now than the US. It is definitely so, Sydney, especially since I gave the example of Wisconsin being 51% of Democrats won the election, 30% of them control their Congress. That is not democracy at all. Bridge MCP says three group on a bus all want to go in a different direction. They won't agree, but goes nowhere. At least get close to where you're going, agree on some things, or get off the bus. Exactamundo, and that's why, Bridge, we do what we do. That's why we make sure we have everybody into the family. That's why... Uh, Bridge is in the same family with Eric Ledeau, in the same family with Daniel Ledeau, with Eric Hayes, and all the others. That's why we keep our PDR posse as a family. We may be a family of misfits, not really. Family of a whole bunch of liberals. Uh, what, what are you, uh, Daniel, what are you considered now? Do you consider yourself a right winger or what? I don't know. I know that Lee Grant is a good conservative. Uh, hell, he supports politics done right. You've got to be a good conservative. Uh, let's see what else we got here. We got Eric Hayes. We got, uh, para ver, para ver, believe what you see. I think, believe, is this the first time that you've been here? Love having you here. I love the commentary that you gave. Great. Anyway, folks, uh, let me tell you guys, it is wonderful that um, we, we have this group listening throughout this country because that is how we are actually going to make the deal. That is how we are going to make the change. So let's go ahead and really, uh, probably one of our last calls, bring in uh, Patty. Patty, come on in. Hey, Egberto. How are you doing, my dear? I'm good. Uh, can you hear me okay? Let me... Yes, I can, can hear you, you clearly. Okay? Yes, ma'am. Um, I just um, wanted to say something very briefly. Sure, go ahead. Go ahead and turn your, your radio down, though. I'm, I'm I'm, I'm in the car, so I'm having a hard time figuring out how to do that. Okay, just turn just turn the radio off, or and then uh, you. Well, my, then my phone will go dead. Yeah. Let me try it though. Yeah, turn it off. There we go. All right, all right. Okay. So um, I just wanted to say, in with billionaires mm -hmm. and tax codes and all that, something that really could change. Mm -hmm. for is a strong union movement. Amen. Jeff Bezos is just touted that he's going to give away most of his billions in his lifetime, and yet he absolutely is union-busting every chance he gets in the Amazon warehouses and everywhere else. So there's a direct correlation between workers' movement and the accumulation of wealth at the top. Uh, Patty, you hit the nail on the head. And let me tell you something about Bezos talking about giving away all his money like all the others, Bill Gates and uh, Warren Buffett and all these guys. The thing about it is, uh, and it was, it was handled on CBS. My daughter gave me a little piece snippet from CBS. And what it said was the following. It's the most undemocratic way to redistribute money because we earned all that money that those guys developed. Don't, don't let anybody fool you. That is the money that we earned that they didn't pay us. That's their billions. And when they decide how that's going to be redistributed, as opposed to having it democratically taxed 
and redistribute because it was made on our backs and the part of the economic system. That's the issue. So when you talk about the power of unions to make that change, Terry, you hit the nail on the head. Anything else? Anything else? No, I just wanted to say that this is the first time I've ever called in. I listen to your show a lot, so thank you for taking my call. Thank you so kindly, Patty. You have a wonderful rest of your day. Okay? Thank you very much, Patty. Anyway, folks, we are coming down close to the end of the show. They're going to kick me out of this studio in a little bit. But let me tell you, I enjoyed all the calls that we got. I enjoyed the messaging that you guys brought in. I enjoyed all of you wonderful people on the Internet. I had a whole bunch of you that checked in today. Don't forget, you still have another Politics Done Right to check in at, uh, at 3 o'clock because we're, we're, we're keeping this stuff going at 3 o'clock as well. But, folks, this is very important. As you can see, everything that we spoke about, the most important part of everything is that you matter. Not only do you matter, they know that you matter. They know that your vote matter. They know that your intellect matter. And that is why they don't want you to learn any kind of critical thinking. And I'm not talking about critical race theory. I'm talking about critical thinking. That's why if you look at Florida now, they, they, they're trying to re-indoctrinate you that democracy and, cap and a free market, democracy and free market capitalism is the same thing. That's what they're selling. They don't want you to know that China is the second largest capitalist country as well. They are, one has nothing to do with the other. They don't want you smart. They don't want you reading. They don't want you listening to competency. They don't want you to be competent. Who are they? The oligarchy who makes their bread on you. Folks, everything that I say is corroborated, and you can feel free to check it out. It is so important that you not just listen, you join the fold. And by the way, folks, don't forget to go to kpft.org. If you like what you hear, support the station however you can. Make sure to say politics done right when you're selecting why you're given the, the gift so that folks know that we're earning our keep. Please go to kpft.org. I guarantee you that this station is the one that you want. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right, and you know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out! spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.